Hey everyone, this is Brian the Gleeman here. Before we get started, I do want to say this episode contains spoilers all the way through the end of the series to the end of A Memory of Light. If you have not finished the series, you probably do not want to listen to this. Additionally, we will be talking about secrets that have impact on the series. If you are not interested in learning the answers to the secrets, you may want to skip this episode as well. But if you're still listening and you're still here, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Barside Chats. I'm Brian the Gleeman. And I'm Matt, the innkeeper. And this is a Wheel of Time podcast from the Dusty Wheel. It is January 2023, a whole new year. Maybe the year we see season two of the Wheel of Time. Maybe not. That remains to be seen. But never fear, because as we all know, the wheel turns and ages come and pass. And in this age, which some call the first age, Farside Chats returns after a long hiatus. I'm your host, Brian the Gleeman. Last night, Brandon Sanderson revealed some startling secrets on a live stream with the one and only Matt the Innkeeper, and surprise of surprises, my good friend Matt is here with us today to talk about these secrets, and more importantly, and more generally, discuss perhaps whether we should share secrets at all. Matt, welcome back. Happy New Year. It's great to see you. Thanks, man. Oh, man, 2023. Uh, this is... Uh, 30 years after I graduated from high school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm old, man. I am old, old, You're old. old. Uh, but what a fun way, honestly, to have begun the year, if only because it's some news, regardless of how anyone out there felt about that news. Uh, it is something Wheel of Time related uh, 10 years, 10 years after A Memory of Light. So it's fun to be back. Uh, tomorrow, right, is the actual anniversary itself. Uh, and it's weird to think back about those times and to think about secrets and things we still don't know. So yeah, I, I love this topic and it's fun to kind of come talk about it now that this reveal has happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, if you didn't catch the live stream last night, you can go to the Dusty Wheel YouTube channel and watch it. Uh, in my opinion, the most interesting reveals are about in the first hour, second half was more questions from the audience. Um, so if you are... If you, if you missed it, didn't have a chance, go check it out. It's really awesome. But we're going to talk right now, I think, about some of the major secrets in the Wheel of Time, the ones that kind of drove the fandom for years and years and years, even after the books were over, uh, the books were finally published. Um, and the first one, that, the first secret that really, I think, captured the heart of most Wheel of Time people um, Wheel of Time fans over the years was the death of Asmodian and who killed Asmodian. And yeah, do you, yeah. for me, that was the biggest secret. In fact, that's how I found Theoryland in, back in 1998, 1997, um, because I was like, I went into Alta Vista and I typed in who killed Asmodian and <laughs> Theoryland popped up as one of the choices for me to look at. And that that's how I found it in the first place. So, um, it, you By know, the way, shout know. out to Alta Vista. Shout out to Alta Vista. Shout out to Alta that's Vista. How, that's best, how Barside Chats came. change in, in internet history. Um, <laughs> right. Better than Lycos and uh, what was the monkey one? There was a monkey about, one. Um, uh, Jeeves. Uh, uh, Ask Jeeves. Jeeves. There we go. Yeah. Uh, um, there the were monkey a couple one. other ones. 
I can't um, remember. God, we're old. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, as we all know, Asmodian is, is murdered at the end of the fires of heaven. And yep. all it says is death took him. And for years and years and years and years and years, people would ask Robert Jordan who killed Asmodian. And he would say, read and find out. <laughs> and he passed away before he he wrote it down before he wrote it in the books um and so the way we found out that secret was in the glossary of towers of midnight i believe and the glossary glossary reveals grendel as the killer Man. how did you feel about that secret and the reveal the secret first and then the reveal i and i've told this one i'll summarize this story because i know if some people out there have heard this but basically, this has been one of the enduring theories that kept us all talking about this stuff online for decades, like literally decades. And uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted, I, that's, the, that's how I basically introduced myself to Brandon Sanderson was when he got chosen to come write the books. The first time I met him, I said, hi, my name's Matt Hatch. I think I said, I run Theoryland and who killed Asmodian? You know, and he just looked at me strangely and, you know, I, I was like, and I think over the course of that dinner, it was at a dinner, uh, I asked him who killed Asmodian, like every other question. Um, and that really set the tone, I think, for Brandon, as far as Theorylanders were concerned of like, okay, this is what I've gotten myself into. I, you know, I, I've come to s somewhat regret the idea that they gave us an answer, right? This is that, this is the difficulty, right? It's like the things you care about most, you often don't want an answer for, I think, uh, when it comes to the mysteries of these kind of books, you know, like I, once they revealed it, then there was an answer and then it made the theorizing less fun, right? Um, as much as I hate the answer and, and well, you uh, hate it. What was your, well, who was your choice? I, basically, if you had picked anyone other than Grendel, I would have been like, "That's a great, that's a great choice." I'd still love the idea that Landfear. I loved the idea that Landfear used a basically a uh, wish, if you will, to be able to kill him, and that they like opened a gateway. She killed him, and then they took her. You know what I mean? Like she got it, but she didn't get out. Uh, I liked that because of uh, what she had said to Asmodian and what her intent was to kill him. Um, I liked it because it just made sense in that regard. But uh, I, I've played with every possible person because uh, I did not want it to be Grendel. But it is what it is. It's Grendel. And I, I sing a song about that at JordanCon every year about, uh, about how uh, I was wrong, wrong, wrong about Asmodian. So yeah, that, this is a, it's a great topic because it, it's definitely come up uh, last night in, in the reveal of other secrets. Uh, so I think Asmodian is a great place to start uh, as, but it's also, a, it's, it's something that people hated. Uh, Brandon has talked about, he didn't really care like so much. Like it wasn't like he wasn't, that's one of the questions he asked. He was like curious when he first took this job to write the wheel of time, but it wasn't like his, it wasn't like a top theory. He was just like, I don't care. And a lot of people never cared about this theory and they didn't understand the obsession about it, right? So there's always that kind of polar opposite effect in fandom where if you cared about a character and you cared about the speculation, then it's really important. If you didn't really care about the character or the speculation from it, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I think there's so also it sounds like we both of, cared. You know? There's a little bit of us reading it as the books were coming out. We had a year or two years to think about everything in that book and that's that's something that came up but yeah my 
my wife just finished the series and that's amazing um, i asked her that is amazing it's really great uh but i asked her who she thinks killed asmodi and, and she's like who <laughs> <laughs> and i was yeah. like what it's the greatest mystery in the series how do you not she's like i don't know i never thought about it and i was like okay um so I, I, yeah you're right i think there's a lot of care a lot of readers who don't care about the characters uh or don't care about that particular mystery and don't find it interesting um well yeah. you know how we talked about the slog um mm -hmm. and how it was in some way an experience that you had to have at the time and you had to be in a particular place which is you know you had to have been reading the book serially as they came out and you had to have been waiting with great anticipation for them and you had to still be really invested in the story to keep going but really wanting it to come to some conclusion, but you're waiting years and years between books and you're also talking to people about it. So you're commiserating with other people that are in the same boat as you. And there's an aspect of that. Like Asmodian, I think became a big thing because we were all waiting because we thought maybe an answer, an answer was coming. Surely we'll find out who killed. There had to be a motivation. There's a mystery here. It's, it's, you know, one of the ideas was that, that, Ta ta that ta Taim was Demandred, and that Taim killed Asmodian because Asmodian would have recognized him as Demandred, and so that was a really common one. In fact, that is something that you, I thought in the notes that that is what Jordan plotted out. So uh, just because something was in the notes that Jordan plotted out doesn't mean that's what the choice that he eventually made of who he believed, right? Even Jordan changed his mind from notes to paper. And the final mystery ended up not being someone that I cared about. But yeah, really interesting how I can see people going through the books now and just being like, wow, that didn't, I didn't care about that at all. Because they had a story to keep going and they cared right. about other characters. And, and uh, if you were interested in our conversation about should we tell authors our theories so that they won't change their books. Uh, the, the, check out our episode called Should We Tell Authors Our Theories, uh, where we talk exactly about the Taim and Demendred, Demendred story, uh, because he did change his mind, and I believe that was at least in part because fans told him what they thought, and uh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do that. That's kind of, go listen to that yeah, episode consider, if you want to hear more yeah. about that. Um, I'd like to hear your feedback on that one. Yeah, but the... The Asmodian mystery was really great. It lasted, you know, 15 years, uh, basically. Um, and it kept a lot of the community together. Definitely Theory Land, probably also Dragon Mount, White Tower, Tarvalon.net, like all of those people. It was something that came up very regularly um, at Dragon Con and on message boards. Um, and so it was, really, it was really nice to have that mystery. And then when it was solved... It kind of just dropped off. We kind of just didn't get any more. There's no more discussion who killed Asmodian. Except maybe people, some weeping and gnashing of teeth about people saying, <laughs> oh, God, I hate that answer. I wish they had, you know, thought about Lanfear. Um, but that is, uh, that's just the nature of it. When you have a mystery answered, you, you kind of stop talking about it. There are other mysteries in the books, though. Um, one of them is the introduction of Nakomi in Towers of Midnight. Um, and she is introduced, uh, I think about two thirds of the way through that book. And she's this mysterious woman who shows up, gives Avienda some advice, then kind of disappears, doesn't show up again until the last battle. Super mysterious. Nobody knows who she is. And so when Towers of Midnight came out and A Memory of Light came out, 
Um, Brandon said he would reveal Nakomi's identity 10 years at the 10 year anniversary of A Memory of Light, which is this week, this weekend. But our friend, friend of the pod, Michael Livingston, was able to publish the answer to that in his book, The Origins of the Wheel of Time, on, in November 2022, uh, which we got to talk to him about on this podcast. Um, and I remember talking to Michael and saying, what's it like to have the biggest secret in the Wheel of Time? And he said, that's the biggest secret? Uh, <laughs> and you know, how, did, how did you feel about the Nakomi secret uh, before, they, before it was revealed? Well, what's interesting with the, the Nakomi one was we really only had the one interaction with Avienda um, and then the really kind of vague epilogue thing, right? And the one interaction with Avienda was actually the more interesting, in my opinion, of the two. The other one's fun to kind of theorize about, like, did this person participate? Were they there to see what was happening? Were they there to, you know, do they have some kind of power, if you will? Like, those are interesting questions. It was Brandon giving us a little bit more, maybe, um, background to establish a potential background for why this person was there, right? I, I, I get the impression like there's this, there's this. I, mean, the, I shouldn't say the impression. We talked about this last night. The idea that Nakomi didn't have, like, no one knew, like Jordan had left. That this person kind of showed up, and it was this unknown person, and they had, they said these words, something like, "Yes, that's the right." I can't remember exactly what it was, but you, that's the right way. I don't know, something like that. And and you're like, okay, that's a really weird thing to drop in there if this person's important. So Brandon giving that person some, you know, like, oh, this that's not the only time we've seen that person. Like they were part of something else moving into this. Uh, and I, so I, I liked I liked that, but this one I guess didn't bother me as much uh, when we, it was revealed because... Even Brandon had left this one, I feel like, left this to kind of his, this is where he was establishing, uh, basically, from taking a piece of something he found in the notes, his understanding of the world, talking with Team Jordan, this is how he explained it as the author of the book. And so uh, even last night, he kind of suggested like, this is the canon part, but this is the part where you can still kind of theorize. So I feel like Brandon left a little bit of room there for us to still say, okay, um, there's some, we can still play in this world a little bit um, with some understanding that the, a piece of this is kind of the canon. Now I did see people afterwards kind of like, now this is just muddier. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> now I'm I'm more confused about Nakomi, which honestly, if you feel like, now you feel like you're up in the air about it. Maybe that present prevents provides some more room for us to kind of have fun and talk about it uh, into the future versus just kind of being given something and told there's no other explanation for these things. So, I I didn't I did not have I, I saw some negative reactions to Nakomi's reveal as far as what it was, um, but I, I I didn't feel that. Um, I thought it was like a fun thing to know. I guess maybe after all these years, Brian, I'm just in the kind of <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm in the like the other side of theorizing, speculating, which is it's just fun. I'm I'm yeah. having more fun with information that we have versus like, oh no, I can't talk about this for another thirty years. I guess maybe I'm on the opposite side of that. Like, I don't know. Uh, this is just it's it's a fun note in uh, in a series that has been a part of my life for for decades at this point. 
Right, right. Well, you know, like we were saying with Asmodian, there's a lot of people who didn't care about the Asmodian mystery. I never yeah. cared about the Nakomi mystery. Um, I always felt like it. she kind of shows up out of nowhere with no foreshadowing, no hint that this is even possible. Um, yeah. And then you see her you know, do her thing. Uh, and Brandon said last night, he was like, that was the foreshadowing for the final final scene, you know? Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, I mean, I get that. Actually, that makes me feel a little bit better about it. But for the last 10 years, I've just been like, I just don't care about Nakomi. Sure. Um, yeah. And so when the uh, reveal came out, I was like, this is exactly what I thought it was the whole time, which meant that, you know, there wasn't much of a theory to begin with. But what's really interesting is how many people were so excited about the reveal you know, you go back to uh, Jordan Con 2022. We were in that conference room in Atlanta uh, at Jordan Con. Michael Livingston gets up and he says, Oh, Nakomi's going to be in this book. And you hear this, Oh my gosh, it's Nakomi. And everybody is freaking out. And then suddenly everybody was Michael Livingston's best friend. Uh, and that's not true. I'm his best friend. Thank you. <laughs> and we, uh, <laughs> and we, um, but we, we, people just like piled onto that. And like Nakomi became, it was like a topic at Wacon. It was things people discussed online for months and months and months leading up to the reveal. The day before the book was released, there, were, uh, there was a thread on Reddit. It was like, okay, last guesses about who Nakomi is. And it was hundreds and hundreds of comments. Um, then the book comes out and it's just like radio silence. There's like no more conversation about Nakomi. Um, and so it's like we just lost that excitement about the mystery by getting the answer. Uh, it's kind of in the same way with, with Asmodian. Well, I think it's that there's nothing more. If you knew there was going to be another book, then Nakomi could show up, right? If there was a, you know, book 15 in the main series. And you were like, oh my gosh, who's going to be in this book? What does the thing that happened before it have to do with the thing that's coming? When you have a mystery that's, you know, and we'll eventually get to it here, everybody, the, the mystery from la the reveal from last night, when you have a mystery that only lasts until and the, the series is ending, there's like something very kind of exciting about having a puzzle piece, but it's like when you finish a puzzle. It was so enthrall, you know, captivating. You're like, wow, where does this piece fit? And once you get the whole puzzle done, you're like, oh, it's done. And then you like mix all the pieces up, you throw it back in the box, and you may never do that puzzle again, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it, a it's a analogy. bit like that, right? It's there was this puzzle piece, and it was like, oh, what could this could this lead to another puzzle? Right. And we all knew inherently there was no other books being written. Like we weren't going to get another whole puzzle based on this puzzle piece. There are speculative things to still wonder, but there we know there's no one to fill in that kind of, it's always just going to stay speculation, right? It's like the pipe, like we will never know the answer to the pipe. So that will always be an empty puzzle piece. And, and that, that does remain like, we can we can speculate about what that pipe means, but there's no answer, right? It's no answers forthcoming. We'll never end. We'll never finish that piece of the puzzle. So uh, yeah, I think it's a bit like that. Like Nakomi was a puzzle piece. We knew we were going to get the puzzle piece where we we're like, how is this going to fit into the puzzle? And I think when it fit into the puzzle, people were like, oh, I don't know that there was any answer. Was there any answer where everyone was going to be like, that? 
that's amazing. No, you know, like, no, no. And Livingston always... said that too. He was like, there's zero chance that this is going to live up to the hype. Um, yeah, you can't. You're right. Like, you... it's, it's, it completes the whole puzzle, but the whole puzzle, we already, it's like, a, it's like when you have a puzzle and you're missing one piece, you already see the puzzle. The last piece is just the satisfaction of putting the last piece in and now you're done, right? Yeah. And you can show people and be like, hey, look at that puzzle I finished. And they're like, yeah, I just finished mine too. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. Right. And then you're moving like, on. okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's like, yeah. what, what, else, what else is there to say about that? And so uh, that, that brings us to another mystery that uh, is secret, I suppose, that um, happens in the last scene of the last book, which is Rand lights a pipe magically somehow. Um, yeah. and, uh, and we don't know how. And so we, we did ask Brendan that you did ask Brendan that last night. What did, what did Brendan say? Well, I mean, and this is something he said before and he still is holding to this. Like he doesn't know. No one on team Jordan knows. No one knows. And in fact, I think he said before Robert Jordan wanted to leave this to the unknown. Right. Um, I think the only thing that was added there or that Harriet had said in the past is Harriet was like something about, I don't have the exact quote, but something about how like a new age, you know, a new age is going to basically have new things happening, right? This is the idea of a new age. So maybe this is something new for the new age, you know, uh, or maybe it's not, maybe there's other explanations that are come from the previous age, but, but basically, uh, but to me, this is one of those where it has a empty spot in the puzzle, but, but there's only a certain number of things that can be, well, but maybe it's an edge piece. So maybe there is like, yeah, it's leading on to, you know, it's maybe that annoying thing of not having the very edge. And there's this like one thing and you'll never know that it leads on to this whole other puzzle because we'll never have a fourth age world where this one kind of bridging piece to another puzzle will never exist. And that's, I think, great. I think Jordan wanted to leave and often talked about these leaving threads kind of unfinished. So you can kind of guess on how this might, what what this could be, and uh, so I I like that that still exists. I I like that again. There's no answer, so we can speculate. Um, even with Nakomi, we can speculate. We can speculate about things that how they would work into the future and the mechanics of the world. But at some level, it's the end, right? The pipe is a great ending. That's why I love it. I I think the epilogue with the pipe is is a perfect Jordan ending to the book. I agree completely. And one of the things I like about this pipe ending is the pipe mystery is uh, even though we know there will be no more books, um, the answer doesn't matter. Uh, and because the answer doesn't matter, because it's not going to have a plot impact later on, like potentially the, the killer of Asmodian Wood or the identity of Nakomi. Um, since since it's just the very last thing we see and it's a little bit of a mystery, it's kind of like a Schrodinger's pipe. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. And it could be anything and everything. And so whatever your headcanon is, that's valid um, as long as it makes sense to you. And I like that. Uh, but there's a lot of the theories that we did at Theorylander over the years that were really just people saying, I think this is how it worked. And yep. nobody can say, no, that's not how it worked because we don't have any evidence other than you know, we haven't seen anything to, to contradict it or support it elsewhere. Uh, there's a yep. lot of those kinds of things in there. Uh, and so the pipe to me is a, the perfect Jordan ending, the perfect Jordan stroke at the end that just says, hey, you don't know everything. And I like that. And to me, that keeps some of that magic alive in the way that the 
reveal of the previous two secrets did not. Yeah, sure. There's uh, there's a there's definitely and and it, but it's a it's a bridging kind of thing. It's a, it's it's meant to be like like I think so it feels like something new, right? Um, something that it could be age changing, and it's a fun kind of like oh, that's just a story you'll never. That's a story yeah. for and a new the, age, and you know it's the manifestation of. There are no beginnings or endings in the Wheel of Time, yeah. but this was an ending, right? Like, or yeah. this was a beginning, depending on which way you look at it. Um, yeah. And so this is like, this isn't the end. There's more stuff out there. We're just never going to get to see it. Like, that's kind of sad, okay, so, but also so, kind of awesome. So tell me where you're at with this. And I'm kind of curious then how, when people are listening, where they're at, which is you've heard a bunch of secrets or you have not heard a couple of secrets out there. And like, there's some questions that are unanswered. Uh, you've been reading these books for a very long time. Do you prefer unanswered questions for things you want to know? Or do you prefer them be answered? And then the second one, do you prefer unanswered questions for things you don't care about or you prefer they're unanswered? If you care, what do you prefer? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear some feedback about that. Um, I personally want, uh, I, I, like, I like it when I have a theory and it turns out to be correct, as long as I was really excited about that theory in the first place. Um, yeah. But I don't like, I don't like mysteries that, um, that don't make sense. Right? There's, there's, the, there's, that there's, the answer doesn't make sense? Or that where the, the, where the, well, like my problem with the Nakomi mystery was that she yeah. comes out of the blue. And she's just okay. mysterious from the start. And then she really kind of just disappears. And, and there was no, like, like most of the mysteries we have in the books, uh, excluding Nakomi, but almost everything else, there's some sort of hint earlier, like the, somebody quotes a prophecy or we see um, a character that can do one thing and then somebody else does something and it turns out that they did the thing that another character did. Like there's some hint as to what was going on. Um, and Brandon said last night that, and have said previously that he kind of thought of Nakomi as like the Shadar Haran of the light. Um, and I, I can kind of buy that, but it was just, it was kind of my theory to begin with, but it's yeah. also, um, there's really no evidence that there is one because the creator does not interfere in the wheel. Um, other than that one time at the beginning of, at the end of <laughs> eye of the world. Other than um, at least once. <laughs> yeah. So like, but, but the dark one is constantly mucking around in the story. And so you expect more of a physical manifestation where Nakomi showing up at the end. I just didn't like that. I didn't like okay. that as a mystery because I was like, this so is I, dumb. If, like there's no evidence to support anything. So everybody's idea is correct until somebody tells us what the answer is. So if I understand correctly, it, you don't like a mystery about who someone is if there's not a significant enough amount of information yeah. to feel like it it wasn't just like, um, what, I can't think of the word, like that there wasn't enough time to build your own yeah. theories uh, with that information. Uh, right. So that makes sense for, for, the, uh, for the... Like if, if can, Nakomi had shown up and then for the rest of the book, or like part of Memory of Light, Avienda's running around trying to figure out who this person was. And right, she gathers right. like clues. I would right. be really excited about it. But yeah. 
She doesn't. Because, Nobody because does. we had very, very little information about this person, the answer itself was never going to be uh, satisfying enough because they showed up at the end of a series that Correct. there wasn't any additional information. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I can agree with that, which is like identity kind of mysteries without enough buildup. The, the answer will never be satisfying enough, right? Because you, you didn't have enough time to care. You didn't have enough time to build out ideas with proofs to really be ever that satisfied or dissatisfied uh, with the answer beyond just being like, okay, you know, that it didn't, it didn't affect me. You know, like if you had found out Nakomi had been mentioned in whatever, book three and book six, and yep. you could go back and find real hints right. that there was a larger buildup, then I think it would have been more interesting exactly. to find out the answer 10 years later. I just think a lot of us were like, okay. I mean, yeah, that's that's a decent. I mean, sure, that, I mean, that's that what that's what I did. Like when the book works. came out, I go, yeah. okay, it's a mysterious person, moving on. Uh, but there was no like, there was nothing for me to hook onto and say, oh, maybe yeah. it's this or maybe it's that because there just wasn't enough information. Whereas, uh, whereas like the body swap secret, um, how this happened, you did you could go back and look at you know like the balefire sequence between mm -hmm. Rand exactly. and Morden. And you can go like, oh, okay, Jordan embedded this idea into this, and this is the direction he was going. And now the theory is like, how did it happen, right? right. And and you can play with this like, okay, so that still end up, ends up being interesting. And there isn't, wasn't a definitive answer really given too much uh, on that one either. So how the body swap happens and how the pipe is lit those uh, the pipe being lit again not having the answer is probably works for us it sounds like we're both in agreement here when something shows up with at the very end of a story not having an answer is preferable than having an answer as far as like there was nothing leading you like it was something so new right the pipe shows up in an epilogue at the end of a series not being given that answer sounds like preferable, at least for us. It's like, that was the first time this thing was introduced. Don't provide an answer because an answer would never be satisfying because we haven't had enough time to build up anything about it. Like, um, do you think that there's things in so, the series that Jordan buried that have to do with the pipe? In other words, do you think that Jordan's laughing because no, I don't think so. you don't think so? You don't think mm. he hinted at anything? Okay. Um, I, well, I, I do in the sense, like my personal theory about the pipe is that uh, Rand is, is kind of like what Brandon said last night in the stream. He's like basically a manifestation of the pattern. Um, but there's like Teleron Riyadh type. You think and things happen. He kind of has that power. So like the fact that you can do that in Teleron Riyadh and he's doing it in the waking world um, sort of suggests that there's you know, I don't know. It feels like a, a reasonable explanation to it. Yeah. But my yeah. my thing with the mysteries is, especially stuff at the end of at the end of the book, and we're going to talk about a big mystery that does this in a moment. But um, there is one like this idea of a mystery that is leading you towards something else. Is, yeah. I don't feel like Nakomi led me anywhere. The pipe does. The pipe says, "Hey, new world." you know, new age, okay. new yeah. whatever. Um, the body swap thing says, hey, you had some, the, we had the crossing of the streams and uh, Shadar Logoth. Uh, we had uh, with the Balefire 
and then uh and then later we had like the the um there's some prophecies that come in about of, of men's viewings or whatever uh and then we actually have the body swap and so you can see each of those things that's pointing towards something in the future that may happen and even even though we don't get an answer about the body swap at the end it is a satisfying uh satisfactory explanation like, for yeah. what was going to happen because it was pointing in a particular direction and so yeah. this is a true story i was walking down the streets in san francisco one day and i turned a quarter and there's a man in an astronaut suit like legit apollo astronaut suit walking down the street there's nobody else on the street it's just me and this guy in an astronaut suit and at first i thought i was hallucinating later <laughs> later but later i found out that it was adam savage from mythbusters in a astronaut suit walking down the street really? um but okay. at the time i looked at that and i go huh that's crazy and then i walked off and i never really thought about it again because um there's no there was nothing that was like okay there's a man in an astronaut suit therefore right. i need to know more because there might be might be more to it i was like it's such a random thing and there was nothing to indicate that i would ever see something like that again so right why, why would I pay too much attention to it? So I just kind of shook my head. I said, oh, that's San Francisco. It's a weird place. And I just kept walking on to my destination. Um, later, I found out that was Adam Savage. And, I, and that's when something clicked. And I go, oh, that's a cool thing. And now I remember it. And now it's special. And it's a fun little memory. Um, yeah. And similarly, I feel like there, the Nakomi thing in particular, the pipe thing, you know, and the body swap thing, we find that um, they're at the end of the story. And then the ones that kind of indicate, hey, there's something coming that this or, there, or there's something else out there that is that this leads to is very interesting. But if there's if it doesn't tell us there's something else out there that this will lead to, then I'm just going to be like, OK, that's cool. Moving on. Like like I saw the dude in the astronaut suit on the street. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I like there I will point this out for Nakomi. Some of the things that Brandon mentioned do potentially tie back to the very kind of initiating side of this of this whole story, which is the the world breaking and the Genaiel and Roydian and its purpose and Rand being of them and what the future holds for the Aiel. There there is a potential there. I think the problem is that answer, we'll never have anything else, and there's no other books to come. And so I feel like the answer was almost like pieces of a piece of a puzzle. And we're still kind of like, okay, how does this even work? And we can't finish the puzzle. <laughs> you know, like we have these pieces, but they're still not like, so wait a second. You gave us the answer, but now we're still working them out. And And I don't know that there's enough drive among the fandom to really work those things out right now. Like that. I haven't noticed it. In other words, no one's taken this yet that I've seen and written like a 10 page <laughs> dissertation on the history of the Aiel and the Gen Aiel and how this idea would actually work within the metaphysics of the world and proposed an answer to the answer, if that makes sense. Like, yep. and I just, I think that's just an, symptom of the fact that the story's over. I right. think that's what's happened is the story's ended and to put that kind of time and dedication into attempting to explain it, most people are not going to do that. Like Correct. most fans are going to be like, that's interesting. Oh, that, I wonder if that has to do with, but mo I, I haven't sat down and, you know, said, okay, right. 
now we have this information. How does this fit into the whole? How can I explain this? I don't have to be right. Like this doesn't have to be like the end all be all. Like maybe there's room to, but how can I theorize or speculate that this does actually fit the overall theme of the books? And I think that's also part of the book being over and it being Brandon who finished it, right? So people are looking at this saying, do I want to invest enough time because this was kind of a formed idea after the fact, you know, from some little information over here that inspired it. So is it worth the effort to go to try to really tie it all together and come up with an explanation? So I I think there's some kind of absence of desire to keep doing what we did for a couple decades, which is like, I'm going to theorize about a new candidate who might have killed Asmodian. That's like, I did an, I I think think it was Therese that talked about the idea of Avienda killing Asmodian. And I was like, I'm going to, um, yeah, wait a second. I went back and read it and tried to like connect how this could actually work. And people thought it was kind of a loony theory. I still like it. Um, but uh, I, yeah, the, the idea of I'm going to spend time taking this information and really building out another theory on top of it. I haven't seen people really want to do that. And maybe that just shows that once you get to an end of a series, if there's nothing coming ever again from that author about that series that you inherently lose some fandom energy. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Like theorizing energy that you had when there was a chance, right? When you had the chance for an answer, then you would spend the time theorizing about it. When the absence of the opportunity for an answer exists, maybe Maybe you just don't get that fervor that you, we we had at one point, or maybe we're just old, and maybe there's a whole community of fans out there that are just we just don't know exist that are dissecting the Nakomi answer and loving it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it makes me wonder about other series. Uh, if you think about Lord of the Rings, we're not getting any more Lord of the Rings books, but I think there's still pr- plenty of discussion and inspection of those books. Um, maybe not in the ter- in terms of secrets and theories, but more about, you know, extrapolating how the world works based on Tolkien's notes. Um, Star Wars, uh, you know, George Lucas isn't going to be doing any more Star Wars movies or anything. But, you know, for 20 years before the prequels came out, we had tons and tons of, you know, Star Wars excitement and fandom. Um, well, I, I, okay. I, yeah. I, I want to point I out two things. The, yeah, go ahead. But I think the Star Wars example, though, might might actually prove what you're saying, which is um, the prequels kind of had the Nakomi effect, or like the newer stuff is sort of having this Nakomi effect, where it's like, okay, we don't need to talk about this anymore because the interesting stuff has been squashed, right? You, well, you, you uh, told and, us, yeah, you told us, and there's not. People are like, and they either like it or don't, and it either wasn't, yeah, it was, maybe it wasn't the answer because they felt like it was not the answer, right? It was right. someone else's answer someone for else's the answer. answer. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're like in a more yeah. polarized, opinionated society than we were 10 years ago. <laughs> well, I, I want to point out, what I, well, I don't know anything about Tolkien, so... People can listen to this answer and be like, Matt's smoking something. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and that's fine. So I, I, I'm i totally speaking out of my 
I'm totally speaking out of my, if you know what I mean. Um, but the, I think Tolkien did, the, there's appendices, right? Like you can go back and see what he wrote. Like if they ever published, for example, like Robert Jordan's notes or something, you know, they had somebody curate them into kind of like writings of Robert Jordan, where you could see like early thoughts that he had and where he was going. I think you would get a more kind of scholarly approach to some things, right? You'd like, look at uh, Livingston, right? Like he got access to them and was able to write something that does give fans the ability to kind of like dig in like, oh, okay, so there's a way to kind of really go back and look at some of this thing in a, in a deeper way than just theorizing about in-world theories, you know? So I don't know if, I wonder, and maybe I just need to talk to some Tolkien fans, like how much theorizing of in-world stuff is going on based on just the books themselves? Or is it based on all the appendices and writings of Tolkien and people are theorizing because they have all these things in addition to the books? And I, I do wonder, like, you know, maybe, maybe this, maybe there is. Maybe there's just a whole new generation of Tolkien fans and old generations, and they're still theorizing with just kind of in-book world knowledge. Um, or or maybe they're not. Maybe that's all based on the fact that they have histories and appendices and, and things that they're going back and, and working with. That's a good question. Yeah, I think it is a good question. I'd love to hear any of our listeners that are huge Tolkien fans and involved in that community if uh, they know anything like what we're talking about. Uh, I know there were a lot of theorization about the TV series, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power sure. series about who the uh, the strange man was, um, you know, who Sauron was pretending to be and so on. Uh, and that was uh, driving a lot of the attention around each episode as they came out. Um, but you, ha- you don't see a lot of conversation about that now. So I think there's, a, there's something to be said about this idea of not sharing secrets uh, not revealing secrets and, <laughs> yes. and c- keeping people waiting. Um, but you can't do the lost thing. I know you're a big fan of lost. You can't do the lost thing and introduce a polar bear on a tropical island and then never answer the question. Um, that's, you can't do that either. So there's probably a balance to be struck about wh- how many and when do you reveal secrets versus when do yeah. you hold them close or just not answer them at all? Is there any like long running series that has done it really well? I don't know. That's an interesting question for fans. I don't, I don't have a good answer because lost, right. Was satisfying until it was dissatisfying. Right. Exactly. Uh, a lot of series have run into this with fans and you know, where, and maybe we're just all so fickle and, yeah. and you know, maybe we're all just so in our own heads about things and we want things to turn out the way we want it to turn out so much that when it doesn't or something changes that, then we're just like, that was terrible. You know, that was the wrong choice. (laughs) They ruined it right at the end kind of feeling. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But speaking of uh, potentially ruining things, there was another (laughs) secret that was revealed We're finally there. We're finally there, everybody. We're finally there. There was another secret that was revealed last night, the one that you have been uh excited about for for 10 years now and been holding you know holding deep within yourself um although like any good mystery any of us can look back at the last 10 years and see little uh glimpses of 
of this theory and why, you know, how it, it all makes sense now. Uh, but why don't you tell us, Matt, in your own words, what the theory, or what the secret is that you and Brandon talked about last night on the live stream? Sure. And, uh, and, and know this, everybody, we've just led you down the road of maybe not knowing secrets is the best thing. And if you don't know about this and you didn't watch the live stream, now might be a good time to move to the next episode of Barside Chats. <laughs> if, you, if you don't want this effect, because you may not like it. Uh, and that's what st- kind of struck me is I did not contemplate. Uh, I never went into the future of how would fans react, right? Uh, so it's been really interesting and like eye-opening to now experience the side of fans reacting to a secret that's now out there, right? It's it's like knowing the answer to the pipe or something and then revealing it and then seeing how people actually react to the knowledge of something. So um, yeah, I, I, if you have not left at this point, I will reveal to you what that secret was, um, which is that at the end of A Memory roll, of Light... Please. Yeah, drum roll, right? At the end of A Memory of Light, uh, uh, and you come to find out that the... that. Basically, Lanfear has played Perrin a bit into her own plans. She's used Perrin, which shouldn't totally be a shocking revelation that Lanfear's using someone for her own nefarious plans. But in this way, she used Perrin as uh, basically her, I don't know what you'd call this, like um, uh, her... Sorry, yeah, her Patsy. There we go. Her her witness, right? Perrin is her the truth teller for Lanfear's death, and that she wanted. She saw basically that that she was going to get what she wanted after everything, which is no longer being subject to the Dark One or to Morden, and that she would live on with all the knowledge and all the power that she has, but with the idea that both the good and the bad, the light and the dark believed that she was gone. And she used Perrin in that way, uh, which was to establish someone very reliable and, but very gullible. Um, and with her knowledge of, of Teleron Riyad, uh, pushed him into, uh, a situation where he believed that he had killed her when he had actually not killed her. And, uh, that Lanfear lived and lives on into the fourth age. And that was like, yeah, that was a revelation to everyone, obviously. Uh, and uh, uh, what's interesting about that is that, yeah, this is something that in the beta reading of A Memory of Light that I had pointed out in our feedback document to Brandon, uh, you know, you assume he's going to read every single comment. I don't know that he reads every single comment, you know, but you hope that he sees something if you believe you've noticed something. And my comment, I don't have the document, but this is my recollection of it. it was the, I was basically like, this is not subtle. If you're trying to tell us right here that Lanfear lives, like if that's like you're trying to hint to it, it's like this is the least subtle way that you could hint to it. Like it is way obvious that you're telling us that she's using Perrin here, basically. It's, that's, that's the idea, right? Like I was like the three, two, one, like saying three, two, one is just like the most obvious signal that this is fake. So if that is your intent as the author, like take that out. I think that was like I was like you should remove that. Don't don't have it say that. That just is like and and, and Brandon never changed that. He left that in there and um, but he had he had 
given me a, a you know, I, I guess I would call it like a really wonderful opportunity to ask him basically anything. And he said he'd answer my questions. And I don't really remember asking him anything other than this one, because as a fan, as you all have felt this, when you find a secret out, you're like, wait a second, maybe I didn't want to know all this. I don't want to know all the secrets, right? And so he, I asked one question, which was, did Lanfear actually live? Like, that's what I theorized from reading the book. And uh, he, at the time, he said yes. And basically that me and my son who was there were sworn to secrecy, right? Like, basically, it was like, we're not going to reveal this. But that maybe in 10 years, we could come back. And this could be something that he shares. Um, and he noticed, I guess, over the last 10 years that not a lot of people ever or any, I don't, know if, I don't know if he's ever said if anyone ever asked him that question, but uh, he was surprised over the years that no one was asking that question. And so we chatted years later, like, hey, really interesting. We should still do that in 10 years. Um, it's something that he told, this was like Nakomi plus this, and there was something else that he could talk about in 10 years. I think it was like talking about Nakomi, this one, and I thought there was like a third one. Maybe it was Body Swap, and he was able to talk about it in more detail um, 10 years later or something to that effect. And and basically, this was the last remaining thing that nothing had been said about. And so we, yeah, we talked about kind of that moment and all the time since and and just uh, revealed that, that this had been a thing, but that fans hadn't brought it up. So um, yeah, and fandom reacted to that. What was what was uh, your now reaction? Now everybody knows why you love Lanthier so much. <laughs> you had a secret about her this whole time. That's, and, well, I, uh, I've well, I've always loved Lanthier. Always since, loved Lanthier since yeah, book yeah. two. Uh, a lot of my theories that I've ever written, like my written theories, a lot of them have to do with Lanthier and how Lanthier right. plays into the plot. It should not be shocking that I was looking for things happening, like I was going to be tracking things that were happening with Lanthier. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess saw people like, if only if only one person's focused on this, then it's not a good, you know, it wasn't well prepared. And I'm like, every theory that I've ever written about land fear, few if any other people were writing those theories because right. you know what I mean. Like, no one was writing land fear is based with the Sean Chan. Like, no one else was writing that theory. I think I've never seen that theory, uh, other than the one I wrote about it. No one else was like, hey. Lanfear is the one that gave, told Varen to give Egwene the Terangriel ring in, in in book three. I think no one no one was writing that theory, right? So right. like that to me isn't a convincing argument that something isn't buried or subtly or appropriately foreshadowed that many people aren't mentioning it. I feel if many people are mentioning something that you meant to be like something you would have to read and care about a character to figure out, um, that it's it's not an indicator. So that one doesn't like push the needle for me a bit uh but totally understand this idea of like not wanting to know it now right like right. Uh, people are like i wish i do you wish you did not know this do you care no i think it's awesome i think it's awesome i i remember reading i've read a memory of light about four times and each time i read it i stop and think very hard about that scene because it's the only scene that never made sense to me um and i just didn't put two and two together so now, now, uh, now it makes sense to me, and that's a very satisfying. The puzzle piece is in place. I can yeah. see the whole picture. Everything makes sense, and it tell, it points towards the future, like we were talking about earlier. Like Lanfear yep. is out there. She's yep. she's doing stuff uh, in the fourth age, and 
we don't know what that is and that is interesting um yeah. you know and and that's a character that we know about we care about we think about we're afraid of uh you know we love you know whatever your emotions are towards Lamphere. she's out there doing stuff and rand is out there and neve is out there and perrin's right. out there there are people out there that care about whether whether she's alive or not and she's walking around she got it yeah. she got away with it um that is i find that to be very satisfying but there are people who don't who are not satisfied they're very upset about this revelation um there are some people that are very upset and in part yeah. because they feel like this makes perrin the patsy and they don't like the parent of the patsy the parent sure they kind of they feel it diminishes parent in their eyes yeah uh, and and I don't want to speak for them because obviously I'm a Landfear stand and not yeah. as much not not a I'm not I'm not I'm not not you don't a need to alienate fan, our listeners Matt not, no what I'm saying is I don't want to pretend that I'm gonna um, provide or like unless you hate Eludra in which case you can just stop listening and go somewhere else thank you very <laughs> that, much that that I'll provide any explanation of their argument for this in any they could much do a much better job of presenting their arguments of why they don't like this in the same way that I don't, I don't like that Grendel killed Asmodian. And right. so I respect that people are like, this is one answer that I hate, you know, <laughs> like that's totally legit. Like I hate so many answers in the wheel of time, right? Like I hate that Robert Jordan hated for a long time. I like it now. I hated a lot for a long time that Ashamael kept coming back, right? Like, Okay, we killed him in book one. Okay, he's dead in book two. Okay, we killed him in book three. Okay, he's back in book seven or whatever it was. And I was like, and uh, okay, now he's dead. And now Rand is Morden, who in Morden's body, which was Ashamael's body. That provided a satisfying kind of like, okay, Rand's walking away with the body that the souls of the two people that were best friends in the Age of Legends. Okay, I can can go with this. Uh, But I hated the return to this person, return to this person aspect. Um, so I totally accept that people will hate this answer. And as much as I hated finally getting an answer to Asmodian because it was Grendel, that this is the kind of answer that will not be satisfying to everybody to have learned it, right? And and what it same thing I did with Grendel, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Robert Jordan originally in this notes planned for Taim. So this answer is kind of like, regardless if he changed it, he changed his mind. That wasn't the real answer. The real answer was Taim. So I'm going with Taim was the real answer. Grendel's the fake answer. I hate this. This is a retcon. Like, (laughs) you know, Grendel's a retcon, you know, I'm just going to say that because I, you know, I, and I, I get it. Like I, when there's other information out there or, and in this case, you know, it's Brandon explained that they made decisions, right? He walked through, by the way, if you're just hearing this for the first time, Go listen to Brandon's explanation of this. Brandon talked about how Lanfear lived and why, and how he basically, uh, he and Team Jordan talked about like who lived and who died, and they like there was purpose behind choices that were made, and they tried to tie these things to the character arc in the moments of how it should actually happen. We talk about another person from the notes that early on or that earlier on Jordan had talked about that, would, that wouldn't that would die in the last battle, that does. We won't reveal that one. You can you can go figure out if you want to know that secret in the in the live stream. But uh, yeah, so I, I get it. Uh, I, I think it plays 
absolutely into the character. Myself, yes, I'm a huge Lanfear fan, but I I feel like being a huge Lanfear fan, I've studied, I've written theories, I've watching the character. It is perfectly in line with who I believe the character is and the arc that she had, you know, considering her mind, she was mind trapped by basically the dark one, right? Um, she was basically um, realized that she had no end here with the dark one that was going to be what she wanted, which was to actually rule over the dark one. And she realized that she had done too much damage to ever have a redemption arc with the light, not that she would ever care to have one, right? She just wants power in the end, right? She wants power over those that hurt her. She wants power over those that left her. She wants power um, over those that use her. And whether or not it's the dark one or whether or not she thinks that Luz Theron did, uh, she just wants power. And like this to me is like who... Who wouldn't want more to escape into the fourth age, free from all of those that knew her, free from the constraints that other Forsaken or the Dark One or Luz Theron or others would put on her, and that she would not be sitting in that mind trap thinking of how, if she got out of the mind trap, how would she survive? And the idea that she came up with, I think I think the, the choice that Brandon made made sense for the character arc. And... Uh, if she had died, she would have died. Would I have been bummed that she would have died? Yeah, I'd have been like, oh, shoot. I, since she never really recovered from Sindane and, and that whole right. moment. Uh, but I, I, I had, uh, I want to read this thing. I think it's a really well said by, I won't, I won't name the person who said this uh, because I did not ask them if I could name them. But they, they said it this way, and I think it was well said. They said, um, about this kind of question of uh, of Lanfear living. Uh, hold on. I wasn't... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so perfect in the grand scheme of things, though. The Wheel of Time is about a woman who freed the Dark One, then helped seal him away and lived to enjoy it afterwards. <laughs> and I think that's... I remember reading that, yeah. That's a that's well well put by that individual. I can't can claim credit for it. So. Uh, yeah. so it works for me. But I get that it doesn't work for other people. I, sure. Do you feel like this negatively affects Perrin? Like, does this take away from Perrin for you? I, I don't think so. Um, my Perrin is one of my favorite characters. I really love his, especially in the early books. I just think he's really a great character. Um, and even the whole Malden plot in the and the slog is um, Perrin himself is is a great great point of view character. I just really like. All the wolf, wolf stuff, the dream stuff. You know, I, th- I like his interactions with Fayo and everything. So I've always liked Perrin. The thing um, you described him as as sort of like gullible and um, uh, earlier, and I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily describe him as as gullible, but more in the sense that he, more than any of the other uh, boys, has a sense of right and wrong and uh, how you treat people matters. Um, and so he has always felt he's been the one who is like, okay, I will not hurt a woman. I will not, uh, talk back to a woman. I will not do anything. He had this like strict gender, uh, relationship thing down. He's like men treat women with respect period. And this whole thing with Lanfear 
for her for her to fool him is not surprising not because he's gullible but because he has learned through his entire arc i need to treat the women in my life with respect and even if this is a forsaken in front of me when she says something i'm going to take that at face value and um, and so I, I don't think it diminishes him in any way. I think it highlights the flaw that he had all along, which is that he's too, you know, like too respectful of the gender binary uh, and he in, in societal roles. And he should be a, like Fayel's been trying to teach him this whole time. Like, you don't have to do that. Well, you don't have to. You can be you can treat me like a human being and not just a woman. Uh, and so for him to fall for this at that stage in the books to me is actually maybe a little bit like poetic justice it's like you've had this flaw this whole time it has never bitten you in the ass and now it bites you that's that's kind of cool and kudos if in my opinion kudos to brandon for pulling that off because um it never occurred to me and i never would have thought of that myself yeah maybe like maybe yeah having me rethink the word gullible. I don't, I can't think of a better word. I'm not trying to say he's naive right. as far as just generally speaking. He, he got tricked. He got played. He got, he, he, he got played, but he doesn't know he got played. And this is why I don't think it affects his character. Do you know how many times characters in the book got played and they don't know they got played? Like that is just a norm. How often do we as human beings get played and don't know about it? Like right. he can't react with, you can imagine a moment in the future, like Brandon suggested, like maybe if books were written about the future, Perrin Ibarra would run into Lanfear again. That moment would be... Like, That's enough to start an entire new series. Yeah, 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 you could, right? Like, uh, and, and maybe in that moment, he'd have something, you know, like, or maybe he will have learned since then, whatever it is. But he doesn't know, right? This is not something he's aware of. And he, yeah, it, whether or not you think if it's a character flaw or not, it's just he got played by someone that is better at the game than he is. Right. And I don't think that that's, how many times did Rand think he killed a Shamael? Right. <laughs> yeah, Correct. I killed a Forsaken. But, no, now I killed a Forsaken. No, now I killed a Forsaken. You know, uh, how many times could Rand never kill the person? You know, like, you're like, just kill this person. And he's like, I can't. Right. I, I, I can't, can't do that. Yeah. And, and, like, and the thing about the thing about Perrin though is Perrin is a, he's a leader, and but he doesn't want to be, and he's like his his focus in life is not to be good at the game, right? Sure. His yeah. focus in life is to be honest to his friends and to his family and to the people that he loves, and yeah. So for Lanfear to outwit him is not a ding on him. That's not his goal in life. His goal in right, life is right, not to right. outwit a Forsaken. That's Rand's thing. Rand's trying to outwit Grendel. Uh, outweighed all the other forsaken yeah. like but Perrin, he's never tried to do that that's why lanfear could that's why do he this, yeah right? that's why that's why it worked and that's why that's why she was able to pull it off and that's why it doesn't diminish Perrin. uh yeah. and that's why it, it and and the fact that they in a hypothetical you know 15th 16th book they they could run into each other again and then yeah. spark a whole new but you, you know don't hunt want, for the forsaken 
you don't want Perrin to be the person who's like, I'm going to outwit everybody. Like his, his ad, you've run into, maybe you are out there. Maybe you're that person who's like, I will never be outwitted again because I was, you know, made the fool and you suspect terrible things of everybody and everyone's using you or everyone's right. Like, uh, but from the beginning, we're told that he's not that kind of person from the beginning. He's the one who's quiet and he listens like an eye of the world. He's quiet And he listens and he speaks only when he has something to say. Yeah. Like he, if he wouldn't, he is not the kind of person that would outwit Lanfear of all people. Yes. I, and that's, I think that, that and that's a, that's good. Right. That's and that's, good. that's, that's a good thing. If he thing. had, we would be like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not Perrin. I would, you know. Yes. And like, and I think that that caught people off maybe. And, and I've read this comment a lot so far out there with, I should say a lot, whatever. I've, I've seen this comment five or 10 times on Twitter, which is that, uh, that people thought that, like you, and you said this, something seemed off about this, but never kind of put their finger on it, right? And so it wasn't, but I think the reason never put their finger on it, never turned into theories, has to do with what we talked about before, which was end of the series. Right. If there were six books still to be written, where all of a sudden Lanfear shows up somewhere or Perrin in a dream sees Lanfear or something to that effect, all of a sudden you'd be like, wait, Perrin saw Lanfear in a dream, but she's dead. Or she, he sees someone with black raven hair and he remembers killing this woman in a dream and you're like, why would they, why would they have us in his head or why would they have us see that? Then you would start asking the question, right? It's because of information we get in later books about characters like Varen and others where you're like, huh, now I'm going to write a theory. I had this scene, this seemed off the first time I read it. Now this additional piece of information I received, I tie, tying these two things together, now I'm interested, right? We did not have anything to tie into this. So some readers were like, that's weird. It's like when... when you know when Varen goes down to the kitchens and she's like, "How's your search for the Black Aja going?" <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, why? Why the hell is Varen screaming?" Like, right. and and the characters are like, "Hey, keep your voice down." Everyone's like, "Varen's that's just Varen, right?" Right. Well, you piece together three or four things, and then you're like, "Huh, that screaming, that yelling scene in the kitchen feels less about." being Varen and more about something else, right? So I I feel like that something was off would have turned into much more than that for a lot of fans if we had had any more material. But it was the end of the book. I mean, we're talking like a couple chapters before the epilogue of a 15-book total series where we had spent often decades reading these books And we finally read the words that Robert Jordan had left because the author had died. And we were all like feeling our feelings about the end of a journey we had taken. We weren't like, I'm going to theorize about what's going to happen in the next book. And so I I feel like it's, it's the convergence of the end of something, the end of something so monumental, the way it ended, that there just were not a lot of people thinking like about the future, if that makes sense. So, Matt, my question for you is, do you regret asking Brandon whether Lanfear <laughs> is alive or not? 
this is a good question. Um, I think you could read into the fact that I did not, as far as I remember, ask Brandon more that getting an answer was shocking and uh and and yeah I did not want more we did not have a 40 minute conversation about as far as i remember about this answer i was not going like okay so walk me through what do you think the future looks like you know like it was not the conversation we had last night right I remember he gave me the answer and I was like, wait, this dude's serious. He's going to give me answers. <laughs> like I didn't right. like what he, it's like when somebody's like, oh yeah, I'll tell you the answer to that. You're, and then he, then he gives you a raffo. Yeah. He gives you a like, raffo or like yeah. he kind of gives like something. I thought it was going to be like that. I didn't actually believe I was going to get real, a real answer to that question. And yes, do I regret it? N- n- no, not in the sense of like, <laughs> <laughs> how it's turned out today, right? Like sure, sure. for the moment of last night where we had this really fun moment of talking about it, it did prevent me in many ways from, <clears throat> I didn't do what I would have done. Without that answer, I would have spent the next 10 years theorizing and pushing this theory like I did with Asmodian to everybody and their cousin. I would have written blog posts. I would have like, this would have been honestly something people would have been wondering about in the sense that I would have been pushing it very hard. So you would have at least heard the theory because I would have like eventually had this YouTube channel. I would have done seven videos on why Lanfear is still alive and how she tricked Perrin. Uh, and people would have heard about it. They might not have believed it. Uh, him telling me the answer did make me all of a sudden go, look, I'm going to tell people about this because it is my theory but I feel weird if I spend the next 10 years like blowing it out of the water like disproportionately and people would be like, holy crap, you screamed this thing for 10 years and you knew the entire time. Like that's, I don't know. I felt weird. There was a dissonance to like talking about it. Like I would tell like some of my close Wheel of Time fans, I would be like, well, I believe that, I do believe this, that, uh, that, the evil that was infected Mordeth is now embedded up in near Sheogul and that we're not, we haven't heard the last of that evil in the fourth age. I also believe that Lanfear tricked Perrin. Like you can ask friends. I, I said that, but it's not like people necessarily were like, you know, some people were like, I can see that. I can see that moving on to the next thing. I, right. I'm guessing a lot of people don't even remember us having that conversation. Cause it again was like, it's not something we're ever going to know, but it did. It, it did the other option of how this might have turned out over the last 10 years did not happen because I asked the question. And so that's why this is such a fun conversation of like, I kind of want to know how that would have turned out. And I I can never know that. Right. It's that, it's that whole, like, uh, it's that split decision thing, right? You make a choice. You'll never know how this mirror world version of your life would have gone. You'll never know because you made choice a. And so, yeah, part of me looking back 10 years goes, man, what would 10 years have been like with choice B? Right. You know, where I didn't ask Brandon, but then he revealed that answer 10 years later, maybe like on his own live stream. And uh, and then I find out with everybody else in that moment that this thing I've been screaming about for 10 years was true. Uh, 
how would that have been? You know, uh, and we'll never know that. So uh, only re- only regret in the sense of it would be fun to know, right, what the other side looked like. But this is how it turned out. And uh, it was, I guess, f- somewhat fun to know, uh, but not fun in the way that, I mean, I ran theory land. You know how this was. Like, there's a certain aspect that all the beta reading that I did definitely took away from the love that I had, which was kind of coming up with ideas. And there's things that I learned during the beta reading where I could not really push my ideas into the way I normally would. So this was like that. Does this change the way you approach secrets? Are there secrets? Like, do you want to know yes. the answer to the pipe? It does. I No. Now, this changed, um, this changed a lot, which was, I remember thinking, I remember saying to Brandon, like, I don't know that I have the time in my life to ever, uh, to ever ask myself the deeper questions about anyone else's writing. Does that make sense? Like, I read books now by other authors, and I'll hear a voice in my head be like, hey, that was an interesting suggestion by the author there. Maybe that means something. And I will talk back at that same voice and be like, shut up, move on, <laughs> keep reading. I, I, just, I, I don't have time to spend the next 40, of my years, 40 years of my life theorizing about other people's writings because I just know how all-encompassing. And So yeah, with like Brandon or any other author that I read, I just try to enjoy it for the ride. And I'll nod at things like, huh, that's interesting. Right. But I will not write blog posts about it. I will not make websites about it. That's for sure. Right. I feel the same way. I feel like Wheel of Time had uh, a very specific impact in my life and a very specific set of uh, experiences that I think would be almost impossible to replicate with any other series. Um, And like you said, uh, I'm. I just want to go along for the ride. When I read the Cosmere stuff, I don't think too hard about it. I just listen. I don't try to tie together all the Cosmere books. I just read it and I go, "Oh, that was good," and I move on to the next one. Um, and I, I just don't do the deep dives that I do in the Wheel of Time. And I think that was just a product of time, place, age, life priorities, and things like that. But then also, the secrets that grabbed hold of me are still kind of in my in my heart, if you will. Like, I still think a lot about Asmodean, and I still think a lot about um, Egwene and Perrin and Rand and, and the, all of the characters and how, you know, how I might imagine being in that world. I think about that very often, and I don't do that with other books very much. Um, so I kind, of feel, I kind of feel the same way. Like, these secrets are special. Other books, I don't worry quite, quite so much about them. Yeah, and I hope it's really hard to not be spoiled on things, right? Like, I tried my best to not, like, afterwards, I think each of the posts I was making, I was trying to say, like, hey, uh, don't add whatever it is that you learned in a reply here. Because I know a lot of people follow the account, and I, I know a lot of people haven't finished the books and might be seeing replies and likes. And I, this is the fun stuff. Like, hopefully, there's people out there that get to read these books and know that there's an answer but they don't have to necessarily find it out if they don't want to find it out. Uh, maybe that's naive of me to hope for people, but you know, you don't, <clears throat> yes, we have some answer about Nakomi. 
maybe there's some website or some app needs to be out there where it's like um, these are at the end of each book you read, you can find this out or or have your own theory or keep your own theory and and never find it out, you know. Uh, right. But it's it is fun, I think, to have the puzzle piece out there if you want to know what it is. Uh, you know, for all those people that it's been ten years, Brian, since the book came out, right? We have not been, as a general fandom online, theorizing as deeply as we were for ten years. Like right. that slowed down, and you no, know, you you would see things on Reddit where people would be reading the books for the first time or say like, I had a question and people would be like, oh, that was answered here or we don't know the answer to this. That was answered or we don't know the answer. That was answered or we don't know the answer. This is my other theory for this thing that we don't know the answer to. I read this theory from somewhere else. But you weren't seeing like a ton of like new theories come out because again, there's not new material that's coming out. So 10 years later to have a puzzle piece like this out there, um, I know that again, people didn't like it. Uh, Some people really loved it. Some people were kind of like, meh, you know, like like every good Wheel of Time piece of factual information now that we have, you're going to have people that just like it, don't like it, or were not that interested in the first place. And so I feel like fandom reacted basically how they've reacted to everything that we've learned of the Wheel of Time, which is some people will love it, some people will hate it, some people never cared, and... And they'll move on, and then other people will come and read the books, and they'll feel the same way. So it was really it was really interesting. Fun isn't the right word to watch fandom's reaction. Fun was last night, just having that conversation. It was just really interesting. Like, I didn't know how to feel as I was just watching everyone's reactions, other than, like, this, these are the freaks that I do love, right? The ones with opinions where this matters to them, right? Like, if you want to tell me you hate this, I love that. I love that you love the series so much that learning a fact about the world that you didn't know before, you have an emotional reaction to that fact. Um, hopefully you don't use it abusively. Like that, I'm not saying I love right. that aspect, I, but I love that you have a reaction. I love that fans are like, oh, I'm annoyed by this. Um, I hope it doesn't turn into like hating on people or, you know, right. but, it, but it's like, oh, I don't, this bothers me. Okay, that's you care about the series, you have an emotional reaction to it, makes sense. I feel the same way about so many things. So I love the hardcore fan freaks. I love the reaction people had. Um, and I, I love that there wasn't a casual, there weren't many casual reactions. There were very, right. it was very polarized, very polarized. And, and that, that has to do with how much they love the series. Yeah, uh, I think it was a great reveal. Uh, it was, you know, it was, I don't think anybody was expecting it. You know, everybody was kind of thinking like, oh, what could the secrets be? You know, what, what are they? And so there was some fun theorizing about what the secrets might be. And so I think the reveal was actually very well done. Uh, I, I had a wonderful time listening to you and Brandon last night on the live stream. Um, got to learn a lot about how Brandon thought of things. It's some of the stuff I'd heard before, but, um, there was some new stuff in there. And uh, especially enjoyed hearing the Lanfear revelation. I just, uh, I, I, it kind of blew my mind. And then all the pieces slid into place. And I remember just leaning back and going, oh, this all makes sense now. Um, yeah. And I just, I just loved it. I just loved it. So thank you for setting that up with Brandon and spending two hours of your life talking about that. I know it wasn't much hassle for you. You love doing that stuff, but yeah. I really appreciate you doing that. And I think the fandom really enjoyed it, even if they had visceral reactions to the secret. 
yeah, hopefully, uh, I I hoped it was a fun reveal, regardless of how everyone felt about it. Like I hope, uh, and it was like Brandon said. I think there was like an end. This is an end, an end for Brandon as far as talking about Wheel of Time secrets, if you will. Right, like this is the end. Like yeah. so. Yeah, I think there was something cathartic about that. There was something kind of like, okay, now I can really, like he'd already said, like he's already put it down. But now there's like these little threads that were still hanging out there and one by one with the Nakomi thing, et cetera. And this was like the last little thread that he had out there uh, that he felt, at least from last night, what he said, which was like, this was the, this was that last thing. And now it's, now it's done. And, um, and now now the rest of it's just whatever we as fans make of this for, you know, for the future. So uh, I hope, I hope there's a resurgence someday of like, you know, fans that are like, I'm going to, I'm going to build out theories that would go into the fourth age. I know people have talked about them, and but I, I hope there's a resurgence of excitement about, even though there's not an answer to come that, you know, we can theorize. I, it probably won't be from me or from those of us necessarily on theory land. I think we've done our, we've done a couple decades of this and, but I, I do love to see it in fandom. I love, I love the excitement uh, that hopefully that fans will continue to have as they read the book. So thanks for letting me come and it's fun to have this bar side chat uh, about something that just happened. And hopefully there was something new that people heard or something different than you guys, what you heard last night, and uh, we were really. Into, I, I can't wait to hear what fans say. Like, have they learned? Have they decided? Is it is it better to know or not to know? That's the question. You tell us, everybody. Is it better to know the secrets? Better not to know the secrets? Would you like them revealed in a timely fashion? You, you tell us. Give us some feedback. Tweet at us and let us know what you think. But we'll leave it there for now. You know, thanks, Matt, for coming. I really had a great time. And uh, if you are a fan of the podcast, please leave us a review at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next time at the bar side. Barside Chats is a Dusty Wheel production jointly hosted by Brian the Gleeman and Matt the Innkeeper. If you would like to support this podcast, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Or you may email us at podcast at the dusty